We'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome everybody to Socket. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of All. That is awesome, Derek. How the fuck are you on this beautiful Friday? March 26th of the year that is 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is a night I have been waiting for for a while. So we'll rehash something that I have rehashed a few times, but this time I'm doing it in a way that needs to be done because I have had it. So as you guys know, the hate is real from the Flat Earth community. And I put a challenge out to the lovely Mr. David Weiss, who, uh, you know, conveniently declined um, to come on with a, a real scientist. So I brought him on, her on myself, because that is what I do. I don't back down from my challenges, but apparently he does. So we'll just, you know, we'll go from there. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a astrophysicist and an astronomer from the University of Auckland in New Zealand. She is, you know, a fantastic woman who loves science and loves what she does. And I am really, 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 really excited to have her on. So please, without any further ado, please welcome Dr. Eloise Stebbins. Can you hear me? Is everything working? Because, you know, there's quite the distance to travel from New Zealand. I don't know if the electrons have made it there. Yeah, I mean, I am talking to you in the future. Um, it is. I live in the future. Absolutely. The future. Time travel is possible. <laughs> you just need to live on the other side of the earth. That's all. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're proving that right now. I know. It's morning. For me. No, it's no, it's not. It's afternoon on yeah. Saturday. It is one o'clock so in the afternoon on, on Saturday for you. And it's eight o'clock at night on Friday for me. It's already the weekend. It's already the weekend. So how are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for the invitation. This sounds really fun and exciting. <laughs> it is, and, and we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell too much on that. We're gonna talk about it, you know, some obviously, but I also mm -hmm. want to talk to you about other things as well. I mean, um, I love the way you talk about science. Um, I've actually gotten my daughter to start following you as well because um, she's ten uh, and wants she actually wants to become an astrophysicist as well. Woohoo! So, getting more people into the business yes so i definitely want to talk about women in stem and women in science and just the field in general so we'll go into all that and more but um first off let me go ahead and uh get yourself make sure we inter properly introduce you um therefore mm -hmm. everyone knows who you are and your credentials all right so i'll make this super brief so i am a postdoctoral researcher at the university of auckland which means that i am being paid to do research after my PhD. So I've already completed my PhD. Yes, I am a doctor, bitch. Um, I uh, did my PhD back in the UK and it was mostly on like supernovae, so exploding stars. When supermassive stars um, die, 
they go boom. And I was trying to understand their shape when they died to better understand the explosion. It was fun. Um, I did my degree in astrophysics at the University of Sheffield, so back in the UK, same place I did my PhD. Um, and during my um, Masters, I had the fantastic opportunity to work at a telescope in the Canary Islands for a year. So I've had quite the varied experiences as far as astronomy and astrophysics go. Um, as far as uh, science communication is concerned, I've been doing it since the beginning of my PhD. So it's been like half a decade that I've been doing regular science communication. It's been even more regular recently because it's locked down. Everybody's on Zoom. So it's so much easier for me to travel and talk to everyone uh, across the planet. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of the lockdown. I'm not enjoying any of the rest of it, but that's that's the silver lining for me. Yeah. And I like how you say around the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if it's a circle, you can still go around it, but mm, it doesn't work that well. You no, know, it doesn't. You know, Flat Earth Society has members all around the globe. They do. All around the globe, yep. <laughs> the um, globe. So let me go ahead and give you a little bit of a brief backstory on how this all went down. Yes, what happened? All right, so about a month and a half ago, um, I came up, I got an email from a guy named Dave Weiss, or he goes by Flat Earth Dave. And he was like, hey, I want to come on your show and talk about Flat Earth. And I sat on it for about two weeks, just like, I don't know if I want to do this. Because I didn't, because that's not normally my cup of tea. I don't normally dive into conspiracy theories. I normally don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, my show is mainly mental health, entertainment, comedy, yes. music, a little bit of everything. Other than, you know, you know, conspiracy theories. So that's what I like doing usually is talking to bands or actors or whatever about mental health and, you know, new music and stuff like that. But I was like, let me give it, give this an opportunity. He has a huge following and maybe I mm -hmm. can have a little bit of fun with it. So I went in thinking I'm just going to have a conversation with this man. So Sounds I went good. in, you know, open minded and. I started doing the episode with him. I did a pre-recorded episode. Oh, so you, you actually had him on the show. It wasn't just via email or telephone. Oh, yeah. So oh, I decided to have babies. him on. Yes. So I did have him on. <laughs> and within the first 10 minutes of the episode that I recorded with him, like he just, uh, sarcasm abound and insults crazy and just, you know, saying, you know, astronomy and, you know, physics and all this other are fake sciences, you know, fake sciences and some of the top astrophysicists in the world are just paid actors and you're I wish I would make more money. <laughs> yeah, and that you know the other ones that did it for the love of it are just brainwashed and blah blah blah. I mean just a bunch of stuff and as the episode went through and got a little bit more uh, aggressive with it he started cutting me off wouldn't let me talk on my own show. I, every time I asked him a question, he immediately cut me off and it just came. So at, about halfway through the episode, I decided to just answer everything he asked me with sarcasm and just started being a real dick because he was being one to me. So I kind of- Okay, so too kind. Yes, and I posted the episode. Within minutes of posting this episode, Oh, hate comment, hate comment, hate comment, hate comment. And I laughed so hard because I'm like, this is because after I did it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with it. I want to cause a stir. I want to cause controversy. I want to make these people angry. So I did that. But then they started attacking my followers who are mental health advocates and stuff like that. Gosh, nah, come yeah. on. So 
and all these other things started happening and he started going on other podcasts talking shit about me and I've become like his main target. Um, he's posted clips about me on his YouTube channel and just all this other stuff, which is all fine and dandy. That's fine. You're just helping my algorithm and you're giving me exposure. Cool. But the thing about it is it's just horrible. So I devised a plan to have him on with somebody else or with, with possibly even with you. But I was like, that was what I wanted to do. So I put this challenge out there and it got even more hate, more, you know, controversy. And he declined it, um, called me mean names in the process. And I said, I'm still going to do it anyway. And that's when I reached out to you. So I see, mm -hmm. I put, been dealing with this now for over a month and a half and the hate just keeps coming. It doesn't stop. So, so what you're saying is I should expect some hate on my Twitter. Thank you very much. Oh, you, I mean, it's possible. It's, not, I mean, it's, all, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a woman in science, honey. Like I'm used to this stuff. I mean, I haven't, I didn't tag you, your Twitter in the, the, the comments, but I mean, in the bio, I can though. Um, it's all, it's, it's all right. I'll, I'll handle them. I, I'll, I block fast and I block early. So I'll be yes. good. Um, no, that's fine because again, I enjoy it. I haven't blocked anybody. I've just allowed it to happen because I just love it. Um, I love seeing some of the comments. Like I had a, a, a gentleman uh, comment on the post that I made a couple hours ago, you know, promoting this episode on my Instagram, mm -hmm. and said that the Earth is 54 years old. And I oh, said, wow. I'm like, oh, what? And he goes, Some yeah, people well, are older than 54 years old. Well, though. he says, well, I can't, I can't. Um, I'm only 54, so I can't prove what happened before I was on this earth. Oh, I I'm like, oh the my logic. god. <laughs> so it's like, people, the, the the. But that, but that's a great summary of the flat Earth theory and and their system of belief. It is because essentially what they're saying is I cannot believe evidence that is given to me by someone else. I have to see it with my own eyes. Um, which to an extent is like, it's a good way to approach critical thinking to a small extent. But the problem is that if humanity had done that consistently, we would be nowhere today because the power of the human race is not just for us to learn as individual, individuals is for us to learn as a species. So we have different people specialized in different bits and we're like, well, I trust that that person knows what they're doing, so I'm going to rely on their expertise and add my little bit. And then we have these building blocks of knowledge. It works in science, it works in engineering, it works in government or not. Um, and uh, and that's how we progress as a uh, as a species. So if you're only interested in the things you can see with your own eyes, you're not going to like. How do you step into your car and believe you're not going to crash? since you don't fully understand how your car works and you didn't make it yourself. How do you know that there, there, there is just so much in life where we just assume that the people whose job it is to do it well were experts and did it correctly because otherwise the world would just fall apart. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Ah. Sorry, I unconnected my <laughs> headphones for a second. That's all right. <laughs> panic, panic. Yeah, I mean, the... The whole idea about, you know, questioning, you know, authority and, you know, questioning things that you were taught or, oh, hey, well, you know, I was taught this, but look, I found something that kind of contradicts it or whatever the case might be. And, you know, questioning, I get, you know. Yes, yes. That's okay. I mean, that's part of, that's even part of the scientific method. You it know? absolutely is. We question each other constantly. That's, yeah. that's part of the scientific pr process. The problem is that the their questioning is directional. They question things that go against their belief and they will cherry pick evidence 
or choose to ignore evidence when it goes against you know their their, their narrative um and that's one of the big issues i i don't know if you saw the the, the documentary behind the curve i have uh, and it's just it's so it's so funny i feel bad because like they are so scientific about it about most of it like they get they, they've got a whole experiment they get really good material and 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 measuring devices and then then they don't like the numbers and they're like well i guess the thing's broken it's like well maybe not <laughs> um it's it, yeah it, and then he goes and says um i found the a 15 degree rotation um mm -hmm. on, on the gyroscope but i'm not going to tell anybody about it so don't don't say anything <laughs> Yeah, because the pro it's that's it's a classic case of cherry picking and um, confirmation bias works that way. Where if you find evidence, if you were looking for fifteen degrees and and that's what you wanted, you'd get the measurement and you'd call it a day and you'd be like, "That's it, I'm good, I've got it." Um, but if you don't want that measurement, then you'll kind of like jump through all these hoops, thinking, "Oh, well, maybe it's magnetic fields, which have nothing to do with anything. It's the gyroscope. Like it's a it's a mechanical thing." Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it's it's unfortunate. But the thing is, I feel like there's a lot of flat earthers, like the people that really push it are the conspiracy conspiracy theorists they're the people that are really in the deep end but there's a lot of people who just have a mistrust of science and they are fed information and they don't have the critical thinking to um like disprove with single full experiments what the flat earthers are telling them because if you look at the way that flat earthers think about the flat um earth and the cycle of days and nights they have the sun and the moon opposite each other just rotating you don't have phases of the moon if you do that and if you do that you can only see the moon at night which is just empirically not true with your eyes you can see well the moon is a different place in the sky every day and it changes over the course of a year and there's solar eclipses um but they don't believe in solar eclipses i think i was looking into that and they're like well we have never seen the moon go in front of the sun and well we have any we have but that it's just you know don't don't look directly at the sun to try and see the moon because you're definitely not going to be able to see it and then you'll definitely not be able to see anything else um that's yeah there's there's a problem with what evidence they choose to to Correct. leave so one of the things that i've um come across with them and i've gotten this question a bunch of times and i don't know the answer um because mm -hmm. you know again i'm not a scientist so i'm not gonna you know try to debunk their theories because that's not my job um <laughs> and i've said that to them a thousand times but one of the things that I've gotten from them is when we look up at the stars, when we look through a telescope, whatever, we see the same stars over and over and over and over and over again. So if we're rotating and if we're going, you know, however many miles an hour through space and so on and so forth, how come the same stars are there all the time? And I don't know that answer. So can you kind of give a little bit of insight into that? I think it's the actual opposite of what you're saying. And that's really interesting because the truth is we don't see the same sky at every period of the year we don't so for example in the northern hemisphere uh orion so when i lived in england orion is a winter constellation in the summer you can't see it 
And the reason we have summer and winter constellations, so in, for example, in New Zealand, to take an example in New Zealand, um, the new year uh, around springtime, it's when Matariki, so the Pleiades, um, dips just below the horizon and then comes back up. And the reason the night sky changes ever so slightly over the course of the year is because we're rotating around the sun. That would never happen and it would not be cyclic if we're just going in some direction consistently. In that case, the, the stars would stay pretty much the same. Because, um, uh, you know, so they think doesn't work. So I don't know what speed they think we're going at, but um, the, the, the distances between us and the stars is really vast, like hundreds, thousands of light years. So if you can't travel these distances in any um, amount of time, that makes sense to us, that matters to the, the, the human race. But the bigger problem is that um, seasonal change in the night sky that you would never be able to observe with their model. There's many, many observations that are not reproducible in their model and that they're just choosing to ignore. And that is very true. They do choose to ignore a lot of science just by saying mm -hmm. it's not real. You know, and that's that's all they say is it's you not know real. what it gets me the most. I'm going to be honest. What gets me the most is the idea that scientists, astronomers have just decided to keep it a big secret. I'm an astronomer and I can tell you how bad we are at keeping secrets. Message. Like it's just <laughs> offensive how bad we are. Like, in 2017, there was this incredible new thing that we'd never seen before. There was a gravitational wave. I'm not going to go into what it is exactly, but it's a really cool thing that we've only been able to detect for like five years. And there was a special kind that happened in 2017. And that thing happened. And we also saw the explosion that it came from. We got gamma ray burst observations, uh, 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 visible light observation, gravitational observations. It was, it, it's, it's one of those things that will be one of the biggest discoveries of this century. Someone who I know personally tweeted about it before, before there was any press release because he was just excited. And I had friends who were at the telescope who were like, well, you know, they're telling us it's for like, they have to take the telescope from us for some secret thing, but we all know it's this thing. And we looked at the logs of the telescope. So we know where they're, what they're looking at. It's like, it was the worst kept secret in the world. And so any, any conspiracy theory that relies on astronomers being an organized group of people that can collectively keep a secret, like, oh, aliens exist, but they're not telling us, oh, the, uh, the earth is flat, but they're not telling us, it's like, Honey, if there was anything interesting, you would know because we can't we can't keep our mouths shut. So I actually made that argument because one of the things that they he you know he was trying to tell me um, was that NASA is not just a um, American organization; it's a worldwide organization, and all the and the and all the countries are in on it, and all the countries you know are lying to us about it, and blah 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 blah, and you know there is no you know, national divide and blah, there's a whole bunch of stuff to it. But anyway, he was basically saying that every country's in on this and every country knows about it, but they're just trying to hide it from us. And I'm what like, I don't understand is the why. Because, why would they do that? I'll tell you why. Because he says that they want us to believe that we are just a speck of, you know, a speck in the, the solar system mm. um, and insignificant and we... It, they're trying to it's, he's he's going on a uh, divine his, nature he's going uh, on a divine biblical type thought process that 
God created us and God created only uh, us. And that's part of what they're, um, it was intelligently that's designed really and blah, 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 blah. Because that's the exact same reason why flat, uh, like the globe, Earth and the heliocentric model was so unpopular and got some people in a lot of trouble back in the day um, because of the idea of divine intervention, because people struggled. Because if, the, you know, in a heliocentric model, we're not at the center of the universe um, and people struggle with that concept and are very, very, very reluctant to accepting that. So, and honestly, there's nothing you can do against that fundamental belief, Correct. because if your scientific exploration is guided by a fundamental belief that you are, that we are extremely important and we must be at the center of everything, everything you're going to do is going to be biased. And that's just the way it is. And there's, there's no, you can't argue with that. There's, there's no evidence you could provide because it's all made to fuel and um, like support their faith. It's an, act of, it's an act of faith, believing that we are very important and therefore that stuff doesn't make sense, right? That's yeah. not science. Um, no matter how like scientific sounding the experiments that come afterwards are, if it stems from this act of faith of we are very important so that cannot so it must not be true that's not scientific um scientists don't try like some of the stuff that we find does inform how important or unimportant we are but that's not the goal of our research that's not what why we try to understand how stars work we're not trying to prove that we're unimportant and a tiny speck in the universe it kind of is just what comes out of it from the results, but that that's not at the root of our scientific endeavor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're still relevant. I mean, regardless of how many other beings or planets are out there, we're still relevant. So I, I don't. I, th ex I mean, you know, yes, yes. I mean. So I know what you're saying, but I'm saying, but to their argument, I'm like, we, we still have relevance. I mean, why couldn't God have created us and millions of other planets with people? No, on abso too? absolutely. Exactly. There, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of room for, for religion and spirituality in the, in, in, in physics and in, in science in general. Mm -hmm. um, I think that us being so small and life being so easy to make, but also us being isolated because it's so hard to travel across space. That doesn't make us insignificant. It just, it's just, meaning doesn't have to derive from the universe so my personal belief i'm 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 agnostic and <laughs> and everything my personal belief is that the universe doesn't give a shit about us does that mean that my life is meaningless no exactly it, it's just it means to me that meaning comes from me i decide what matters i decide who matters and i decide to make a difference in you know the life of the people around me of my community um and it gives me a lot of agency i don't think it i don't think it makes me less important it just exactly. means maybe the universe doesn't care but like everyone around me is affected and that matters it doesn't matter if there's a, a big daddy in the sky who looks after me or not um so but that's all very personal and and what reassures you to live through your life with peace of mind and that's not science you know um, and so when, when your scientific endeavor is guided by that, it, 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 that it leads to incredible bias. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you, I couldn't have better said it better myself. You're 100% right on that front. So thank you very much for putting it like that because that's exactly how I believe as well. So, And that's how we should all believe. Um, it's... It's just amazing to me about the things that, uh, you know, I've just come across and I've just I've laughed at it a lot. But it's also made me think, you know, about, you know, one of the things about it is it's like that religious debate, you know, about, Mm -hmm. you know, when I get a knock on my door on a Saturday morning by the Seventh Day Adventist saying, you want to like talk about Jesus? And then when you say no, they get all angry at it. That's such an American thing. (laughs) It is. It very much is. But in Europe, like, you don't have people coming and be like, "Do you know about Jesus?" Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, no, it saved. Yeah, it happens here. But then when you don't do it, they um, when you say no, they come at you even more, or they oh, really? hate on you. Oh God, it's bad. Um, oh wow, it's it's horrible. But it, it's but it's the same way. It's like if you don't believe what I'm, I believe, I'm going to hate you and make you believe, or I'm going. America you know. is very extreme because I know quite a few religious people, and but they're mostly Europeans and. Um, they're they're fine you know they just they just believe things and then i don't and and sometimes they do lent and i don't and so you know and we're just respectful of of like uh ways of lives which are very similar just there are very minor minor differences um but i've never and it's probably because i live in a bubble obviously because i'm surrounded by scientists and like-minded people and so Mm -hmm. even if they um have religious beliefs they, they they fit within science so i guess there is that big difference but um yeah it's it's very different yeah and, and i want to kind of rewind a little bit and uh, touch yeah. back on something that you said about before about like a lot of the people that believe this are just conspiracy theorists in general and i i, I want to go ahead and confirm exactly what you're talking about because one of the things that made me want to combat this gentleman even more is the fact that all the conspiracy theories that he believes and spouts, and I'm going to just give you a couple. Number mm-hmm. one, uh, North Korea isn't a real place, and Kim Jong-un is an actor. Um, number two, all mass shootings are staged by the government. Um, and um, what was another if one? If that was the case, you should probably, like, there's some heads that need to be cut off. I mean, maybe it's the French coming out of me, but... Mm. Well, what got me about it was, if, um, if this one was a huge one back in 2016... Um, in Orlando, there was a gay nightclub that got shut up. I don't, yes. Yes, yes, and yes, that, yes. And I lost two people that I knew. And oh, I, fuck. I'm so sorry, man. No, it's, it's, um, it, it, it sucks, but, you know, it, and when I said that, you know, to combat this gentleman, mm-hmm. everyone came back to me and says, you're, you're a liar. You didn't lose anybody and so on and so forth. And it was like, you don't know my life. You know, I also, yes. I was also a manager for um, a company at the time. Um, that, and I had a person underneath me that lost her nephew in that, in that shooting as well. So technically I I knew three people that were, that lost their life that night. And for them to say that, you know, it was fake and it never happened or whatever the case might be is, is an insult to the families of those people that lost. their Absolutely. Yes. That's, it's just, it's so insensitive and selfish and self-centered and it's their world revolves around them and and nothing else, but because, you know, they only believe what their eyes can see. So uh, yeah. yeah. The, the 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 funniest one, like I said, though, is Kim Jong Un as an actor. <laughs> There's a lot of actors involved, it seems, um, for that yeah. thing to work. The, and mm-hmm. Hollywood must have, you know, <laughs> so uh, you know, their hands deep into some interesting shady yeah. things uh, if so, if that's going to work. 
you mentioned Hollywood, and I'll, and I'll go ahead and throw this one out there too because this is some of the funniest stuff. If you go Are on they the, all paid actors as well? No, 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 no. <laughs> so if you go to his YouTube channel, he finds a lot of um, videos from NASA and other, you know, space programs. I, think I, saw, I looked that, at it yesterday. If it's the same guy you told me yesterday. Yeah. He, I, yes, he had that one about the rocket. Uh, there was a that, couple of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he likes to talk about how it's CGI and, oh, look, there's a glitch in the CGI or, look, there's a glitch in the, the Photoshop and there's a glitch here, a glitch here. And I said to myself, okay, if that was really the case and all these countries are in on NASA, don't you think they would have better CGI technology than Disney? Because Disney doesn't have these problems. Why should NASA? <laughs> I know, I know, and it's and it's so great. Like they don't look for, like there's one where they're like, oh, the 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 cameraman was in the filming in the NASA like control room, and we got a peek of the green screen behind the guy in the ISS, and so you see it very clear and center. The guy was in the ISS, and there is something blue behind him with, with a grid, and first of all, it's not all behind him it clearly is in the middle of the room in the middle of the inter international space station it looks like the international space station and they have a blue grid there but you can see him do something there's a ball he's got in his hand rotating it's look and it's like this does not look like a green screen or a blue screen because first of all there's a fucking grid on it no like first of all and the guys like it clearly looks like he's measuring something doing something on camera it looks like an experiment so i googled it it was an experiment about rotation in the iss and that's why they have a grid so they can do measurements and it's like oh my god yeah they just take the, oh. they take the littlest things and blow it up out of proportion yeah it's, it's, it's hilarious crazy. it's hilarious all right, so I'm done with this because I've had talked about it at Let's length. Let's move on. Exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. Make and I want to talk about, um, talk about STEM, and I want to talk about a bunch of other stuff that I'll get into. So we will be right back. Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an app that allows you to 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, connect with your therapist to make sure that you're getting the best help possible. BetterHelp is different in the fact that you don't have to go to your Cigna or Blue Cross Blue Shield website, look through thousands and thousands of therapists in your area that may or may not be accepting new patients and then have to wait weeks upon weeks to get into that waiting room and then wait an hour or two to get to the, see that person in that waiting room only to find out that you don't connect on that personal level. And they're not what you need. BetterHelp avoids all that. They connect you with a therapist. And then you can choose right away whether or not you like them. And decide whether or not you want to get a different one. BetterHelp is different because of that. And when you go to BetterHelp.com forward slash SIPod, you get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp is the best therapy app out there today. There's nothing better. And I'm so grateful to be have connected with them because I use them and says someone who speaks from a mental health perspective who has bipolar it helps me every day and I hope that they can help you as well as a matter of fact I know they can so again do yourself a favor go to betterhelp.com forward slash SIPod for 10% off your first month better help 
You can't go wrong. Yes. And tonight's episode is also brought to you by Coldest Water Bottle. Go to thecoldestwaterbottle.com and use code 10Derek for 10% off your first bottle. These things are fucking amazing. They hold water cold with ice for up to 48 hours. You know, they come with a straw, nice durable design. They come in all different sizes, 21 ounce, 32 ounce, even gallon sizes and more. So go to thecoldestwater.com, use code 10Derek for 10% off your first order. Again, that's 10Derek at thecoldestwater.com. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so um, before we go into the next couple of things here, I kind of want to read some of these comments because we've got people fighting in the, in the comment selection. section. Yes, it's a nice little selection of people. So um, somebody said, a flat earther's nightmare is space. <laughs> and they say, show me space from um, any other source other than an official one. Um, let's see here. Nothing but faith, faith-based, uh, belief yet flat earthers get flack for having faith-based belief that there is no space. What? <laughs> basically, basically what they're saying is that because we believe that, um, we believe our friends who are experts, they're saying that that is faith. Yeah. But the problem is that if you have evidence that what they're doing works, then it's not faith. It just it just works consistently, and our models work consistently. We get GPS, we get satellites, we get telecommunication. It works, bitches. <laughs> um, let's see here. Flat Earthers have nothing but words. Well, Globers have nothing but CGI. <laughs> we should. I would love to send a flat Earther into space. To be honest, uh, I, I would so, fucking love it. So one of my things that I've been doing, and this is a waste of my money, I know, but I'm, I'm trying anyway. I'm trying to win the lottery to spend, to get a hundred million dollars to, so I can take 50, uh, you know, two and buy two $50 million plane tickets to the, you know, SpaceX and go up there with this guy just to prove, you know, and see what happens. But I bet you a dollar, if that happens, what's going to happen? You would be like, gonna... they're not windows, they're screens. <laughs> Exactly. Or he's going to come back. We're going to land. And he's going to be like, yeah, I believe it now, but I'm never going to admit it to the public because I have too much money invested. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just going to hide it's, it. Yeah, you can't really win. These no, people. not at all. But but regardless, let's go ahead. And um, I want to yes. know, you know, obviously you've been passionate about science your entire life. Mm-hmm. What made you say this is my career path? I don't even know if it's my career path, dude, because I don't have a permanent position. I'm doing this, but I have no idea what I'll be doing in five years' time. Uh, so let's just put that out there. That, so how did I end up here is a good question, um, because no one in my family has got a PhD. Or, uh, so I've got a, my parents have higher education, so like a master's. Um, but I, no one in my family is an academic. Like my parents went as far as you know their whole family they were the, f- the first ones to have proper like university degrees my grandfather was uh one of them was an engineer who did like evening courses the other one was a lorry driver um so like i was the next step up 
Um, and I can't remember when I realized that being a researcher was a job. I can't remember. It must have been in my late teens when I was starting to look at universities. And so I was looking at universities in the UK and I realized, holy shit, there's so many different programs that I could do. I can, I can pick a course in pretty much anything, you know, because you don't pick. Um, it's not like in America where you pick a whole bunch of different courses so that it makes a major. You pick a course. So I could pick physics and astrophysics and they would tell me you do this, this, this and this and you'll have a degree in physics and astrophysics. You get a few choices. Um, and. I was like, this is awesome because I always loved space when I was a kid. I always watched documentaries about space and stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't the outdoorsy kid who was looking at the night sky. I was the fucking nerd learning about black holes and space time on the Discovery Channel or whatever equivalent we had in France. Um, and so that's kind of how I ended up picking that. Um, and I picked a degree specifically at a university that gave me the opportunity to work for um, a telescope. Uh, in my master's if I did well enough and I ended up doing that um, and and then used that as a stepping stone to do my PhD and so that's how I ended up here in the end so yeah just kind of trying it out I nearly didn't do it I nearly didn't do it because I didn't have my best marks were in chemistry rather than physics when I was in high school um, and fortunately I had an older cousin who was an adult and was like this is a fucking stupid way to pick a degree. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> like, no. Uh, he was like, don't limit yourself. If you want to try this, do it. And you'll see, and maybe it's not going to work out, but don't put that limit on yourself before you've even tried. Just try it and see how far you go. And I'm still here today. So that was the best piece of advice I ever got from anyone in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So, um, Obviously, you're a research fellow now, and you said, like you said, you know, you don't have a permanent job, which mm -hmm. it happens, and you know, that's just how science is sometimes. You know, that's where just you... how it works. That's part yeah, of the ladder. It is. So, where where do you see yourself in five years? Then, what would you like to be? Where would you like to go with this? So, the, so the situation is different now than it was a few years back because of Brexit, because of COVID, because of everything. My partner is in the UK, and he has a permanent position as an astronomer. And so my main goal is to somehow get back to the UK somehow, because I don't have a British passport, so I need to do that. Um, how? Not sure. Um, I'm going to be trying to get uh, grant money so that I can, you know, have my own coin and, and lead my own projects and everything. Um, but it could so in five years maybe i'll still be an astronomer and i'll have some grant money and you know start to be like my own scientist really um or um i'll be in data science and working in london i don't know <laughs> wearing a suit having an office job i could do that too that'd be uh, that'd be okay but uh, yeah a lot of astronomers like end up in tech because we have computer skills loads of computer skills mm -hmm. and data analytics skills and when we can't find a job in academia or when we get tired of it, a lot, a lot of people are like, I'm sick of this shit. Like I'm underpaid. It's too competitive. Some people are assholes. I'm just going to go somewhere else. People are assholes and it will be competitive, but I will be paid better. So it's a, it's a, it's a much better sum. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause science to me is fascinating. Um, you know, I love the idea of string theory and all the different ideas behind it. Um, you know, the multiverse theory and all this, you know, it's just, it's, 
it's so cool to think about, you know, and just, mm -hmm. I, I would rather think about that kind of stuff than anything else because, yeah. you know, I was a big physics guy, um, in high school. Um, I never went to yeah. college cause I, you know, I was, I've always been an entertainer. So I've just kind of went, they started doing my entertainer stuff Makes I mean, sense. after don't, high school. So, um, the debt. <laughs> but I took, um, college level physics courses in high school and I enjoyed that so much. Um, you know, one of my final exam for, <laughs> Uh, physics in high school was a uh, without any direction at all build a sailboat and have it go a certain amount of feet you know on a lake and however far it goes is your grade if it went 50 feet it was a c if it went 60 feet it was a d or i mean but i mean a b whatever and that was cool and you know just that kind of stuff you know or you know building you know Build the strongest bridge you can make out of toothpicks. You know, just yeah. those types of things really got me fascinated by it. And then I started getting into more, and you know, as I left high school and just on my own, you know, studying, you know, um, astronomy and you know this and that. And then it's just it's become now it's become the cool thing to to know about. You know, science and and being a nerd is the cool thing now. You know, being the jock, mm -hmm. oh, you're screw that. I want to be smart. You know, I mean, my ten year old daughter you know, wants to go into space, wants to, you know, be an astronaut, wants to, you know, wants to be an astrologer, astronomer and, you know, all, uh, astrophysicist and wants to do all these. I'm like, at 10 years old, she's sitting there telling me this stuff. I'm like, that is amazing to me. You know, most 10 year olds like, I want to be a princess. <laughs> but she's like, no, nope, I wanted to go into space. And I'm like, that's less than you can do it. I mean, you could be a space princess. She could be. Um, Why not but, both? But, I, but the thing about it is, you know, she got that idea from watching Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. And that show went on for 12 years and really kind of introduced, you know, a different look on science, you know, to the masses, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, two really, really prevalent, strong females in the science field were on that show. And, you know, people just were, it, it's something that was never done before. And that show's gotten a lot of flack for being stupid or over the top or whatever. But take all that out. What the way they talked about science, you know, as a character, it was so mm -hmm. passionate, and you didn't ever really see that on TV before, or at least not here in America, not yeah. that way. And I think that is really what got a lot of people involved in science, especially my ten-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. It really is, and she wants to start, you know, taking more STEM classes and so on and so forth, and just really yeah. start getting into that kind of stuff. So, you know, what is your message to? Because, I mean, let's let's be real for a second. Um, and I've had this conversation with women, you know, in the music field as well. You know, music and science is still very much male-dominated. Yeah. What is your advice to the 10-year-old girls of the world that want to pursue a career like you are? Have the confidence of an average white man. <laughs> <laughs> you... You have no idea. Oh my god. <laughs> you great. have no I you have no idea like the kind of stuff that some guys will say with their whole chest and with so much confidence when they have no idea. Um and some of it is not great because you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't be saying that with that much confidence, but some of it is good because you need to have it like you need to be able to um, not take it personally when things don't work out. And that's something that happens a lot 
in science in male-dominated fields because women are made to feel like they are the outsider, whether it is because of like literal people nagging them or more often these days because of unconscious biases, which have a very real impact on the world um, and genderals and everything. Um, if, you're, if, if you feel like you're already an outsider, you feel like you have to be exceptional all the time. And if you're not very good, then it's, you're, you're not allowed to fail essentially, or you're not allowed to be mediocre. Uh, that's how, you, if, if you are average or, or, or if you fail at something, you feel like you just don't belong. But an average white man don't feel that way. He'll be like, oh, well, that class just sucked. He's not going to be like, oh, I suck at physics. You know what I mean? And you need a little bit of that <laughs> or you or you need to 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 uh, put your internal internal monologue in perspective, because a lot of it will be influenced by unconscious biases, by gender roles and by, you know, that need to feel like you belong and feel like you have to be excellent in order to have a place, which is not true. You, I mean, you can be excellent at certain things. You don't have to be excellent at everything um, to deserve a place and, and to deserve to learn these things. So I guess that would be one of my um, piece of advice. The other one is learn to code early. <laughs> learn Python now. <laughs> and, uh, and with that little recipe and a little bit of glitter in Jesus, you'll, you'll be doing good. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna get her some coding stuff. Um... She she's absolutely loves that kind of stuff. I mean, coding is amazing, <laughs> and learning really a, learning as a kid would have really helped me because I didn't. Um, and coding no, is no, a no. really traumatizing experience when you come out of a traditional like school system because the school system is you have to get it right to be good and to like pass and and to you know and that's a good thing. And if you don't get it right, then your failure. The problem is, is that with coding, you will fail 80, 90% of the time because most of your time is spent debugging the code. And then when it works, you move on to another piece of code. So like it's all on its head and you have to get used to that. And so if from an early age, you're used to problem solving constantly and you don't internalize it as I suck, uh, it's a very powerful um, tool that can move you really far through the world. That's some good advice. I hope so. <laughs> no, I mean, it really is. I mean, I'm going to have her watch this later and, you know, what's going to talk about it because um, it's important. You know, um, I am of the, you know, I have, you know, two uh, daughters that I've always been, you know, be who you want to be, not what everybody else tells you to be. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. very, you know, girl power oriented you know i i love to see a strong woman just dominate things because i you know grew up watching the opposite you know yeah. and um now that it's happening you know and so many things in front of me it's like this is what the world needs because you know i'm sick and tired of you know the debate about well, men are stronger than women or you know women are less or no no it's no we're all equal just get over it but and to see, you know, women, you know, take power and take charge and really just kind of boom, let's do this. Um, you know, one of the things I like I said, I talk about a lot on here because I talk to a lot of them is, you know, musicians and bands and, you know, stuff like that. And like in the world of like metal and rock, which is what I mainly talk to, 
you know, for the longest time, it's always been a male-dominated world. But, like, yeah. now some of the biggest rock bands in the world are led by females. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, I love being able to bring up my two girls, or one's 19 now, but um, to have raised these girls in a society that is starting to see that. And, yeah. you know, to see women like you, you know, out there, you know, making a, a, a difference in science, you know, regardless of how big or small – women like you are out there that exist and it's because of the change of societal times and yeah. you know and i'm loving watching it i know me too we we've got we've got a way to go but uh we're we're on our way we just uh need to keep keep going and maybe uh push the pedal a little bit you know let's uh, let's go faster let's you know let's accelerate let's catch up let's uh let's move <laughs> yeah um especially in science because there's still so much that we don't know, you know, I mean, we know about just like, you know, as far as like biology goes, we know as <laughs> much about our human body that we know about the ocean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still so much unexplored, you know? Yeah. For example, science is hard. <laughs> exactly. But like, here's an example I was watching. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about the appendix and they were <laughs> like, the appendix, you know, doesn't have a, a you know, a, a, a reason for being there anymore and you know and it should have gone away a long time ago but it's still here and it, and we've actually noticed over evolution times that it's actually moving closer to the toward the center of the stomach and so if that's doing that why is it still there so maybe it does have a purpose after all we you know it's like we don't even know and it's like that is amazing to me something that was with was thought to be something so minuscule now they're like oh wait a second Maybe it actually does have a purpose. I love that. Or the fact that, you know, sci you know, that the Mariana Trench is still so. I know. Un we know more about the surface of the moon than we know about the Mariana Trench. And that's right on our own planet. And that's just amazing to me. There's still so much to learn and so much to discover. And in this field, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you know, going into this, there's still so much to discover. And so much exactly. you can put your mark on. It, it's not, there's, you know, we don't know much, you know, how, you know, string theory is string theory. And then there's this. And then we just got the God particle. We got this. We got that. There's still so much out there, you know. There is, and there always will be. The more you search, the more you find a few answers, but mostly you find questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever been to CERN? No, I haven't. Um, I, I have a few friends who did because they did a lot of particle physics, but uh, but I haven't, unfortunately. Is that something you want to do? I do. Of course I do. Plus it's France and Switzerland. Like, I know people there. Um, I'd, lo I'd love to see the L LHC. Um, it's, such, it's such big machinery. I'd love to go to the to Chile as well to see the very large telescope. Um, that, that would be top of my priority, actually. Because oh, uh, yeah. I because I've got data from from this instrument, so it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, if there was one thing at the end of your career, you know, fifty years from now, you would like to put a mark on. What would that one thing be? Would it be a discovery? Would it be proving something real, or you know, discovering a new planet, a new comet, a star, or whatever the case might be? What would that one mark be? See, I do. I I think I. If I if I if I can dream of having a legacy in science, so that's staying in science and then having an impact on it, I would I want I would like it to be an impact, a long-lasting impact on my community and make science 
a more social and put more emphasis on the social aspect of science and on the humans behind the science. Because I feel like it's something that is always uh, in the background um, in what we do. And like there's issues with communications or people not enough of an emphasis on mental health. And so people overwork themselves, but that doesn't make you more productive. And like, there's a whole issue where the human is lost in the scientific endeavor. And I feel like we would be better as a community if we, if we brought the human back into it. Um, and so if I, if I end up having a, a large research group at some point, that's the kind of environment that I would foster within my colleagues and my students and, and, and my employees. Um, so if I don't get to, to, to find some fantastical, amazing thing in the field and I just contribute to a few like discoveries, even if they're not like massive, uh, it's still part of science, um, like massive discoveries happen because of all of the little Lego blocks that we put in before there. Um, but I'd love to have an impact on my community because uh, people matter a lot to me and, um, and I feel like it's something we forget as a, as a group. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and I've said this a hundred times on my show, but the, especially here in America, you know, over the last year, um, and, and this isn't so much science related, but just kind of going off of what you said, yeah. you know, over the last year that we've had COVID and then Black Lives Matter and this and that, mm. all this stuff was going on. You know, mental health cases were on the rise. Suicide rates were at an all time high. Yet yeah. our, you know, our elected officials were sitting there just worried about winning their campaign again. And yeah. all these people are dying. All these pe things are going on. And they're just like, well, I I'm just trying to win my, my Senate seat. And that's the kind of mentality we have. And you're 100% right in saying that because it's not just a, a New Zealand problem or Australia problem or a UK problem or American problem. It's a worldwide problem. It and is a worldwide problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too many people that are being ignored. And that's why I do what I do, you know, and that's why I've in the, the time I've done the show. I mean, I've really put a focus on mental health and community, you know, yeah. and I've been spouting let's let's get back out there let's let's build that community let's build that strong again because i'm sick and tired of seeing people die you know yeah i, I struggle with bipolar disorder and um generalized anxiety disorder but damn it i'm here every day trying to help somebody and getting that email once a week or twice a week or a hundred times a week I've, I've gotten hundreds of them from people saying thank you very much for you know doing this because now i'm getting the help i need or you talked me off a ledge i'm no longer going to want to commit suicide blah blah blah, blah. those are all things that i i can look at my numbers yeah great i get 900 800 000 downloads a month fantastic but that doesn't mean nearly as much to me as that one email that I got because of this one episode I did. And, and to, to hear you say what you just said, you know, gives me hope that there's more people like us out there. And that just makes me feel awesome. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier about you know, the meaning of life and the fact that even if the universe doesn't care, that doesn't mean we can't make a difference. And we, that doesn't mean that we can't create meaning. Um, and, and, and really have an impact on the people around us because we can, we just have to choose to do so. We can, we have to. And, you know, the, you know, the meaning of life to me is just to live your best life. If you can die happy, then you did it right. And you did it right. That's, that's my idea. Yeah. Um, Dr. Stebbins, Heloise, or excuse me, Fanny. <laughs> oh, I bet she's so on TikTok. <laughs> 
Hey, I told you I've been following you for a while. Hey, uh, it makes it it makes it good at the airport. <laughs> um, FYI, the reason why I just said that is because her given birth name is actually Fanny. Um, <laughs> but she My goes name's by Fanny. Eloise. Yes, but. It... <laughs> <laughs> and that was hilarious because the way you described it too. I had video. an ex-boyfriend whose name was Richard, and Richard is abbreviated to Dick in English. So I was, we were Fanny and Dick. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Loved it. That's awesome. Um, that's that's just so perfect. <laughs> in so this perfect. TMI section of the podcast. <laughs> You would be you wouldn't be surprised. Trust me, how much TMI we go in this on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I go everywhere on this show. So there's no such thing as TMI on my show. Nice. <laughs> but again, thank you so much for coming on. I had such a good time talking to you. It was um, amazing. Thank really you so much is. for inviting me. I love your energy, mate. You're so fun. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I love what I do. You know and. It's, it's episodes like this that make me say I'm doing the right thing. So thank you so much. Thank you. And for everybody else, thank you so much for being here. Um, enjoy your weekend. I'll be back on Monday as always. So guys, thank you so much for being here. We love you. Have a great night. Stay happy. Stay healthy. And as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you guys later. Peace.